Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. Are you looking to start a podcast but don't know where to begin? Look no further. For only $4.99 a month, you can access my exclusive podcast membership where I share all the insider tips and tricks I've learned from podcasting a daily podcast for the last 223 days. With my membership, you'll have access to the wealth of information on everything from content creation to equipment selection. And you will get a behind the scenes look at what goes into making a successful podcast. And that's not all. As a member, you will also get 25% off my guide on how to build a podcast, which takes you through a process of understanding the importance of planning for 10 episodes. Plus, I will bring on special guests to talk about content creation, podcast related topics so you can continue to learn and grow in your skills. Don't let the challenge of creating a podcast hold you back. Sign up for my podcast membership and start creating your own content and something you can be proud of. The what if game. What if this doesn't happen for me? What if I end up not making it? What if I fail? What if somebody judges me? Well, what if I told you 90% of what you worry about Maybe even 98% of what you worry about never even comes true. And you're finding yourself in a thought process that isn't serving you. Why are you continuously thinking about this? What is happening? And what is the reason? Well, within this podcast, we are going to get into the concepts that I've, in my personal opinion, and lessons I've learned about how you navigate failure and how you navigate the anxiety of the unknown. Let's get into it. So, so often in life, people worry about the outcomes of their future. And what we really have to understand is that worrying about the outcomes of our future, too, is an inherent trait that is built into us in order to create survival. So, if you're planning or you're worrying about your food harvest or what's going to happen or potentially even other tribes that might we might fight with, you know, we worry about it and we speculate and we develop strategies. And this is a really great thing humans have developed, something we've used as a tool, not like any other species where we have anxiety about future outcomes and our ability to manage time and address it. But why? Well, the reason is, we, as I was saying, we do it to serve us. But now we are... Sometimes it bleeds over into different things we can't control. So if you are worrying about something in the future, you really have to assess one thing. Worrying in itself is not serving you. There is no emotion of worry that is really helping you for the outcome. And I'm not talking about, you know, like near like life and death situations in itself that's a little bit different, but worrying about your day-to-day things and obsessing over the outcomes and Worrying if by a certain age in life you don't have X. What you're really doing in that situation is you are creating high expectations that you may not reach. And as a result of not reaching it, you're going to feel sorry about yourself. 
And if you create an environment where you keep minimal kind of expectations, it'll help you understand what to do, making sure you're checking in with yourself. Now, I say that because as someone who has struggled with dyslexia and I have failed the third grade and I was flunked, you know, it really helped me better understand how failure and the what-ifs go together. Because what-ifs are really about identifying a potential problem and bringing on shame, stress, and anxiety. Now, you're going to a future problem that you don't even have yet, and you're dealing with the emotional aspect of it. Because in a way, you have done this before, but what you're really doing is you're trying to get ready for the failure. You're trying to get ready for feeling it, and you're trying to blow it, but it hasn't even happened yet. And what's so interesting about the human mind is in a lot of situations, the human mind can't differentiate if you're fake running or you're really running. Like your body knows, but your mind can't really understand the difference between the two. Like there's been multiple journals published on this about how your mind kind of can absorb things in a lot of different way. And in a lot of ways too, your mind is then absorbing the stress of what if that doesn't happen very well? What if I don't get this job? Then your mind goes down this whole thing. Well, if I don't get this job, then all these years are wasted, then maybe potentially I'm a loser and I don't have the ability to get another one. I'm not going to make that money. I'm not going to get that car. And this other person who said I was a loser once is going to be right. And now I'm stuck. And it's like in such a quick moment, you have unspun all of your success, everything you've accomplished and everything you were willing to do to get to that point. And you're doing it because you're bracing yourself for the feeling of failing. All right. You're feeling and you're fearing the aspect of failure. And failure in itself, you can always judge someone by how successful they are with their relationship with failing, all right? Like, you always think about Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan took a lot of shots, and he's like, you don't ever remember Michael Jordan for the countless shots he missed. You're always going to remember him for the shots he made. And... I'm sure that's a quote somewhere or something, but the point is Michael Jordan took a lot of shots and he failed a lot. The same with the top MLB home run hitters. Like those guys strike out more than anybody, but they're still swinging, all right? They're not worried about the concept of striking out. They're focusing on hitting the home run. So you, what you're doing there is you're not focusing on what isn't happening. You're putting your time and energy on what could happen and what the positivities of that could be. Now, brace yourself, Like, just follow me on this. I say this because in life, I think sometimes it can be like a Chinese like torture, the Chinese finger trap, not the Chinese torture trap, the Chinese finger trap, where you put your finger in something and as you pull, there's more resistance. But it's almost counterintuitive because the way you push in is the way you get relief and that's what allows you and you push in one at once. Well, fear and anxiety in itself is like a Chinese finger trap. The way you pull out that friction and what you're creating is creating the friction of your fear and anxiety. And there has to be a point of view where you just have to release it and understand that, you know, failure is just a part of everything. And if you're putting yourself out there and you're actually doing, the act of doing is what's going to prompt change. And the act of doing in itself is success. Failure is not failure is not a negative thing. You know, when you look at failure as a means of a teacher, you let it teach you, understand what you need to do, and you don't allow the what-ifs to take over. It can be a very powerful, powerful tool. 
to one where you're not allowing yourself to be dictated by the what-ifs in the future, but it's going to leverage your ability to live in the present moment. And I say that because I have suffered from anxiety and stress about the outcome. You know, whenever I went to grad school, you know, I'm telling you, like, I am very dyslexic and I, I have trouble. I have a lot of trouble. If you've listened to this podcast, sometimes I even say words wrong. And it's like I'm still trying, though. And sometimes when I read, I have a lot of issues or spell. And I went to grad school very during naive, a naivety that I was going to be able to do it. And I almost failed out. And I was able to overcome it, not based on the fear of failing out, but based on the mindset of I'm going to do whatever it takes. Now, you might not be like, well, you know, I just I don't have that. I have crippling anxiety. If you have crippling anxiety, you know, that's a whole different podcast, but you got to be able to manage your anxiety and understand you do have control over your thoughts and your emotions. It's like this is the same type of concept that if you only go to the gym when you're motivated, you're allowing your emotions to dictate your success. So if I'm like, I'm going to go to the gym because I'm feeling good today, that doesn't create anything because you say also create the concept of I don't feel well today, so I'm going to go to the gym. So now what you've done in that situation is created programming that's going to give you dopamines based on the motivation aspect. But if you say, I'm going to go to the gym today no matter what and be consistent and afterwards I might not do anything or afterwards I may just chill, you've now created that the gym is a must and then afterwards you're giving yourself the ability to decide. What you're doing is you're reprogramming your thought process to be like, I must be consistent with this because I need to be. It's the same thing with this podcast, you know. If I go into a mindset of a podcast, of doing a podcast every day, I am not focusing on the outcomes. My bar is really low because I know if I set a high bar, it can be mismanaged and then I could stress out over it. But I have no expectations for it. You know, I do like to see it grow and I do like to see it make whatever money it can make as an experiment, but I am not worried about it. You know, and I've released attachment to it in order to get a better understanding of the journey. All right. If you fall in love with the journey, you fall in love with the process of something, it's going to provide you more comfort. Okay. It's going to alleviate the anxiety you're feeling. If you're worried about, oh, I got to do this, I got to do this, then you really need to understand I need to be mindful of the process of how things work. Fall in love with the process in the journey focus on making that better and that's one thing you could do to alleviate anxiety but if you still find yourself in this thought process of i'm really stressed out about something then play the game okay and this is something i want to do okay if i go to the worst case scenario and in every worst case scenario it's going to sound really really morbid but you die and there's nothing to worry about all right and it's like people can worry on earth but you're gone so if I fail out of school, I fail out of school, a college, I don't go through college, I don't get a degree, I have to take a subpar job, and that subpar job, I have a situation where I don't love it, I don't love it, and I'm really focused on how I can make my life better, as a result of making my life better, I try to do multiple, like, the thing is, like, you go through all these scenarios in your head, but all of them can always go down to a negative scenario, or you have to end it, and that in itself is not serving you, it's not serving you because you are creating a negative thought pattern, all right? Whenever you go down this tunnel of not being able to do something, you have to say, stop, take a breath, and be like, you know, you can really say this, and you say, everything is working in my favor, everything is working for the best case scenario. And if you trust that concept, 
If you can, then what you're doing there is you're trusting the journey. You're trusting the process. Now, I haven't talked about this on the podcast before because it's just like I just chalk it up to my epic failures. But from those epic failures, I gain a lot. So I always wanted to be in special forces. Okay. It's something, it's like a dream I picked up after Peace Corps and I wanted to be in the, in the Green Beret. I thought it was such an amazing organization, the brotherhood, the work. And I really thought I needed to make myself as a better candidate. So I went to grad school and I got a master's degree in international security and I went to DC and I worked and I worked and I filled out paperwork to go out trying for the 19th group, which is a group located in West Virginia and it's a reserve group. And I spent the weekend there and I was accepted to try out. And it was probably the most physical demanding day I have ever had. And as a result of it, I PT'd. So I ran two miles. I did the push-ups. I did everything that you need to do. Um, and then, you know, I did a rope climb, which was like the first time I've ever done a rope climb. I think it was about 20 feet. Because you have to do that within um, selection. And then I did pull-ups. And they make you do the rope climb right after the pull-ups. So you don't have time to rest. And I could only get eight, which was the minimum, which is a no-no. Like, you can't be a minimum. You can't get minimum even if you're trying out for special forces. You have to get, like, the, the 15 like or 10 or something where you're just not at the minimum number from what I understand. So as a result of trying out this day, there was this crusty master sergeant and only six people showed up. And what he wanted to do is condense the training. He didn't want to spend there for two days. He wanted to get home. So he, what he did is he put all of the training in one day. Okay. And as a result of doing this, he put all of the training in one day. And so what we did is we did the PT that I told you. Okay. Then we ran five miles and you had to run it under 40 minutes which I did, okay? So after doing that, then we did a 12-mile ruck march, and we went through that whole process. Now, something happened in the, when, the beginning of this. So after I ran the five miles, I went, and I was feeling good because I got time, and I was feeling good about this ruck march. And within the ruck march, your pack has to be 45 pounds, and we had to weigh it before and put 45 pounds of rock in there and and kind of stack the the bags, the backpack so it could maintain that level of stress. Well, we went through the tryout process, and I had to go to the bathroom, and that crusty master sergeant who wanted to, who kind of like, he was messing with me the whole time, in a way. Like, I walked in there, he looked at my face, he's like, you have a really familiar face, and I was like, I get that a lot, everyone thinks that. Well, from that point, like, he just had my number. So as a result of dealing with that, I um, went to the bathroom after the five mile run and I came back down and what he did is he started the mu- he started the ruck. So everyone was about a half a mile ahead of me and I had to catch up and it is what it is. You know, I like was, I, I didn't let it affect me because I knew like really in life you can never predict the outcome and I'm sure the training is relative to combat. And as a result of doing it, I did the 10-mile ruck march. I did all this in one day. I went in front of a panel, and they didn't select me, all right? And it was really, really upsetting, but I realized at that point, you know, maybe this isn't for me, you know? Maybe, or I could double down and try harder and overcome it. Now, 
at that point, I just didn't think it was really for me, but I took the aspect of failing and I used it and I learned from this process and I didn't get what I wanted. And I realized in life, like sometimes you do, like you just don't get what you want, but that doesn't mean it doesn't propel you because as a result of wanting that dream, it got me motivated. It got me focused on grad school. It got me to a point to where I'm successful now because I was digging ditches as a stonemason and it goes from there. So the point of the story is understand the journey. Don't play the what if game and don't be afraid of failing. And we'll get back to you tomorrow.